What's up, everybody? This is Neville Longbottom. And I'm Sirius Black. And you're listening to the Bicons Podcast. Good. That was so, so late. You fucking did. That was so late, dude. <laughs> This week we're talking about I Am Not Okay With This. Yes, it is the Netflix original series. I will have to get some of this. I like lost it. You're allowed to wait. It's okay. I put my phone down like an idiot. Um, Anyway, yes, we're talking about I'm Not Okay With This, which is the Netflix original series that came out fresh for quarantine in February 26, 2020. Um, It stars... Um, I'm not okay with this stars Sophia Lillis um, as Sydney Novak, which you guys might know from um, the first it movie. She played um, the girl character. I'm sorry. I don't remember her name in it and the first it. And she also played a young Amy Adams in sharp objects. So there's like, she's had some like pretty impressive work, but anyway, she stars as Sydney Novak, who is a 17 year old high school student who is grieving the loss of her father and is, slowly starting to realize that she has some kind of telekinetic powers. And uh, while all of this is going on, she's also realizing that she's kind of in love with her best friend, Dina, who happens to be in a relationship with a man. So um, not just any man, not just any man, like the worst man imaginable, the most pathetic disc bitchy ass man. I think it's like eight episodes and it all leads up to this pretty, um, and we'll get to it. Carrie esque ending to the series yes each episode is only about 20 minutes so it's so easy to binge too if you ever like are in the hankering for something supernatural and teenager-ish i guess yeah it's definitely something i would say um is like written for a younger audience Mm -hmm. like probably like you know preteens or early teen like writing level i would say But it's based on a comic book by the same name. And, like, for that, like, it's a pretty good, like, story. Like, it's still an enjoyable show, even though I think it's definitely written for younger people. Yeah. it's It was originally a comic, so I think it was for, like, teenagers and kids. Exactly. So. So it works in that way. But I know the series itself was, like, more of a feeler series for Netflix. Because it has that whole, like cookie cutter story i mean yeah it's from the 80s it's from the literal 80s but it's not from the we can talk about (laughs) they like futurized it a little bit yeah so it wasn't as awkward so we could relate to it more yeah and um so sid is the main character she's 17 years old she has some anger issues and a lot of it is attributed to both coming to terms with their sexuality but also her dad unaliving himself like a year ago from this point. Um, she, yeah, she, but she's discovering that she like has powers and the whole thing is narrated like in her diary, like dear diary, fuck you or something. Yeah. Like, that's like really cheesy, corny shit, but she has these actual real powers and she can like move things. And the way that her powers work, work a lot like Vanya. Yeah, from a the lot. Umbrella Academy. Yeah, like they're like, as soon as she's too overwhelmed or too angry, it's like, explosive. Like something has to happen. Yeah, it's tied to her emotions. 
super much. And she, um, yeah, this, this conjoins with her developing, what is it, affirmations of her sexuality that she is not straight and in fact gay. Right. And she's like crushing on her friend Dina, who she met when she moved here. And, oh, and yeah. a mysterious figure is like following Sid around as her powers develop. We yeah, that about her. there's like slight touches of like paranormal intertwined with like the the telekinetic like superpower thing. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it was supposed to have a second season, but um, we found out that because, like I said, it came out like right before the pandemic, okay. and the second season was supposed to even be the last season. But Netflix would, had to like cut production costs really bad, apparently. Which doesn't make sense to me because if anything, they were going to be making way more money during the pandemic, but that's none of my business. So they cut production costs and like, I'm not okay with this. Just, you know, had to be one of the like sacrifices essentially. And Netflix like didn't let the showrunner edit the ending. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. It sucks because they were trying to honor a comic book too. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we squashed this original idea because we didn't like it. It's like- right. A story people actually had a fan base from already from the 80s. Yeah. And it was definitely um, left on like a cliffhanger w- that would have, you know, opened it wide open for a second season. Mm-hmm. And it was set up really nice for that. I guess since we're not getting a second season, we can kind of spoil it. You You get the impression that this figure that has been following her the whole time is in fact her deceased father. Um, I don't know if it is that. We don't know for sure, but you kind of like get these hints throughout the show. That's what I personally think because the mother had said something about there also being something like off with the father. Like he might have also had powers too. And then the thing like comes up to her and she's not really that scared of it. Like she is, but she doesn't like scream or anything. Like she is kind of just in shock. And it says like you're ready now it's time to get started you know what i mean like it it felt very much like a passing of down passing down of something you know i just assumed it was her father which is why i wanted the the second season but yeah there's a chance whatever. that they would have like opened that up more if they got to have a second season yeah yeah it could have been her dad maybe he like wasn't dead completely the whole time or something mhm i think that it was like a spirit or some or a bad thing or a personification of the power that was like bothering both Sid and her dad, but not actually is her dad. I don't know. It's just sure. more of like a symbol. It's more of like a thing that's like following them or bothering right. them. I don't know. I guess we have to read the comic to find I out. I was about to say, we're not spoiling, <laughs> spoiling this for people who actually read it. So next we have Dina. We know Sid's closeted, but... I always wonder, maybe, like, Dina's closeted, we don't actually know, but yeah. she didn't kiss Sid back, did she? When Sid, Sid kisses her, bye. Yeah. It did, did she kiss her back or not? She doesn't, right? No, but it also kind of seemed like she was, like, confused when Sid pulled away. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, but she didn't try and kiss her back. Yeah, but I don't think she I wish we got more back. of, like, Dina's personality, because... Her, Dina and Sid, like, they share really tender moments, but Dina doesn't really share moments, like, with her brother. I mean, with Brad or anything. Yeah, the boy, her brother. <laughs> <laughs> She'd say. Her boyfriend, Brad. 
Yeah, I feel like we don't get... Yeah, I feel like we don't get a lot of Dina, like, on her own. I feel like we don't know a ton about her outside of her relationship with... Brad. Yeah. Yeah, with Brad and Sid. It almost feels like a um, a very, like, juvenile version of, like, how Euphoria is. Like, it's only from, like, Rue's perspective. And we didn't get, like, any kind of inside look onto Jules's life until, like, her special. It yeah, kind of... Rue was narrating and here Sid was narrating. Right. Yeah, it kind of felt like that. Just, like, not as intense, obviously. Yeah. But. That might be, yeah. I would just say, like, they're both in the f- first person. They're both in the right. first person. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like stories told in the first person. Because they feel like memoirs. feels like reading a memoir. Right. And then finally, um, we have a new best friend of Sid's, who I think is a neighbor, Stan. I love him. Um, I'm pretty sure he also played Stan in the first It movie with the same girl. I'm pretty sure his name was also Stan in the It movie. Really? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure his name was also Stan. He was like the... Um, it's funny. The really uh, afraid one. I mean, not that they all weren't afraid, but he was like the most. Anyway. Um, and Stan is sort of like this. He has kind of like a hippie vibe and like he's really nice and, um, you know, like the stoner. But he comes from like the broody. He's like kind of broody underneath because he comes from an abusive household. And like they get really close. Um and yeah um stan like has a crush on sid and sydney tells him like he's the only person that knows about her powers so like they do have like a really good friendship but um i think he comes to find out like later on, or he's starting to like come to it later on that she doesn't really like guys i feel like like throughout the series she's like coming to terms with that and Stan takes it really well when she says she doesn't reciprocate feelings. Yeah. Like, he's a good friend. He was a good friend. Even when he was, was. like... He didn't die. Right? (laughs) Even when he was mad at her, he was still, like, a good friend, which I thought was really cool. I love him. Because it's like the love isn't gone just because we're, like, not talking right now. So nice. Yeah. I like that Stan doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks of him. Mm -mm. He's literally just happy. Yeah. Like, he just does what makes him happy. He's, like, going through enough. He's, like... I don't give a fuck what you think about me. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to go home every day. <laughs> like, no. Oh, I like him. Yeah. He's cool. I even thought he was a little, he was like closeted for a second, but. He's definitely, I've never not seen a bisexual man that looks like, that doesn't look like Stan. You know what I mean? That's like, what I'm that is a bisexual man right there. But we don't know. I said it Don't first. we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sort of feels like everyone on the show is gay, except for Brad, who is Dina's boyfriend. It kind of feels like all of the rest of the main characters are probably gay. I would call yeah. Brad, like, the bully. Yeah. He cheated on Dina with, like, that mini Megan Fox-looking ass bitch. <laughs> Jenny. Yeah. Was Jenny. Ugh. He cheated on Dina with her, and then... Of course, when Dina found out, that's when everything broke. Yeah. Loose. Oh, Jenny. Um, he also takes Sid's journal and, like, reads all of the shit yeah. that's inside Sid's journal, like, including her pa- stuff about her powers. It's very, that whole, like, detention scene in the gym is very Breakfast, breakfast Club-y. 
like Dina is like the princess and Brad is the jock and Dina is the, I mean, sorry, Sid is like the dirt bag and um, Stan is the, like the, the like nerd guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, this was, yeah, it was where's, a direct reference to Brad. Or is Jenny the dirt bag? And Sid is the weird girl, the like goth girl. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Jenny's supposed to be like the dirtbag. And Sid is the, whatchamacallit. Which, like, by the end of Breakfast Club, like, the goth girl and the princess are like best friends. So, like, that works. And, like, I don't know. It's very, the, I noticed a lot of the series kind of checks off a lot of those, puts like a gay twist on a lot of those old, like John Hughes, 80s romance, romance movies. Because another trope that it kind of touches on is it's like kind of um, not 16 candles um, pretty in pink. I want to say it's kind of like pretty in pink where like the, the pretty girl is like in love with, you know, the football cat, the captain of the football team, like stereotypical that, but then she has this guy best friend. Who's like the dork who everyone like makes fun of. And he's like Mm -hmm. in love with her. And in this scenario, I think Sid kind of replaces the like dorky guy. Sid and Brad don't get along. And Dina is like the cheerleader and like Miss Popular who's, like, with the jock and, like, yeah. Sid's in love with her. And, like, I like how it kind of – it it feels – you already said this, but it is, like, a thousand percent 80s. Like, even though it's supposed to be present day, I think, because of the vaping shit, you know, everything else about it is the 80s. Like, you could have fooled me the entire time until Jenny yeah, said something right. about the vape. And I like that they put stuff like that in there because – if it were straight 80s, like, exactly how the comics were written, it would be too awkward or too, like, distant from the audience to relate yeah. to it in the way that they do, like, where we would sympathize for her. Yeah. It kind of feels like um Sid could be one of us now. Yeah. So they were able to simultaneously do both. And I think that's yeah. really careful, like, set design. Really careful. Yeah, because it had, like, the brown and orange tones. Everything they wore was very 80s. Everything. The style of the school. Yeah. Like, the styles of, like, the fucking desks, the fast food chains, the way everything mm-hmm. was set up, the cars, everything. But it was very, like, Gen Z energy, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, That's, they really I modernized like it, like, really carefully. I think it's because, like, more and more recently, people are really attracted to, like, 80s and 70s fashion. Now what is what ever. is fashion like is it a 20 year cycle or something like that and 60s we're getting back into yeah. 60s fashion what'd you say isn't fashion like normally like in a 20 year cycle like fashion trends are normally in a 20 year cycle or a 30 year cycle or something like that because that's why y2k fashion is starting to come back now yeah it can something be 30 like or 40 as well but yeah. yeah i think that's so interesting me too me too but yeah in the comic and I'm saying this because it had an 80s and 70s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the set design. Whatever. In the comics, whenever Sid, like, got really mad or overwhelmed, mm-hmm. the scratchy, like, shadowy figure would appear. And it would, like, linger around the frame. Mm. But 
in the show, they don't have that. And I was just wondering why. Like, yeah, that kind of seems like a important thing. It's almost, I don't know. And aside from that question, I thought that the acting was really genuine. Like, some of the moments that were like meant to be homoerotic were really carefully. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a good show. I'm not saying it's a great or even good show. I don't think it's particularly that No, amazing, but I mean, but the quality, like the technical quality of something can still like be appreciated, even if yeah. like the writing is kind of Not bad. everything. I don't think technically right, it's right. good everywhere, but I like that, like, for example, like in some of those intimate moments where like, I think Dina was putting lip balm on Sid. Mm-hmm. That's a very careful scene. And like, y'all did yeah. it right. I think they did it right. People don't zoom in on like really intimate moments like that for nothing. Like you could have done that exact shot in a platonic way if you zoomed out and just made it faster. It was intentional that like you zoom in on stuff like that and do something really intimate like that, like kind of slowly. Mm-hmm. Like that's two very similar scenes. It's like saying the same sentence in a different tone, you know? It is. And I feel like, not that this was queer baiting because like Sid was um cana- can- Sid was canonically queer. So it wasn't queer baiting, but I think that's why a lot of people get mad with queer baiting because they'll have people will write scenes and shoot them in the exact way that like the kiss scene happened with Sid and Dina or the lip balm scene, you know. They'll shoot things like that mm-hmm. between two supposedly straight characters. And like queer bait them with exact scenes like that. Why am I talking like that? What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> I was gonna ask if we could get Starbucks later because it's twenty four seven, but neither of us could drive anyway. No. Unless we could take my horse. Your horse. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could? Horse. Oh, you know, it would be so cool if you could get um, you know, like the Ant Man like discs where he can just like throw the disc on something and it like blows it up or makes it smaller. What if you could do that to Peachy? Like you oh, just like put it and then he, you made her really big to the point oh where you could God. fly her. That'd be amazing. Wouldn't that be so cool? She wouldn't listen to me. Two <laughs> shits. She's fucking crazy. Oh my God. She's out of her goddamn mind. I mm-hmm. swear to God, her brain cells work harder than mine. <laughs> oh my God. Um. In addition to all the John Hughes references like we were talking about earlier, I like that she said the way she kept saying Dear Diary, even as an opening line, mm-hmm. was like very teenagerish language. And yeah. I really like that. And um, I don't know. I love a good 80s style. Like, yeah. I have all those outfits. I know. I, I know. That. And like, the ending was so cool. The, the trope of the Dark Phoenix, you know? Yeah. Like, She's going to write, like, come, like, do you, are you ready to yeah. begin? was, like, the last phrase said in the series. Yeah. And obviously the last scene is very reminiscent of Carrie, like, the really famous yeah. horror film. And so, like, clearly we had to watch it before we recorded this episode. So we watched Carrie. And I kind of noticed that it wasn't that that scene wasn't the only thing, like, explicitly from carrie yeah because carrie was carrie was like in the 70s this was the 80s but you know close enough 
you know, Carrie. Well, it was in 79, wasn't it? Yeah, and Carrie came out in 76. So it's like the same time period. Obviously, we have the last the last scene, but it even starts out with sort of this girl who is kind of alienated, doesn't have many friends. Her only friends are Stan and Dina. Sid's only friends are Stan and Dina. She's not quite as isolated as Carrie, but, you know, she has this single mother that she doesn't really get along with, except Sid's mother is not abusive. Um, yeah. But Sid's mom isn't the best mom, but no, of course not. Bad circumstance. Right. And it leads up to this scene where a bully is trying to humiliate her specifically because she's gay. Which, and he's got her diary. Yeah, and he has stolen something from her because she dared, dared tell her friend the truth about him cheating on her. And it leads to her literally exploding this man's head and getting the blood all over her. And it's exactly the same. She's wearing, like, the white, like, slip dress. She's covered head to toe in blood. And there's, like, everyone running out behind her. It's, like, this really chaotic scene where she's sort of, what did you say, the phoenix? Dark phoenix. Dark phoenix, yeah. And Yeah, it kind of makes me think she's a witch. They both have telekinetic powers. Like, you know what I mean? They're both, I think they're both. Yeah. Because, like, Carrie was low-key a witch. Yeah, for sure. And Vanya, well, not probably not Vanya, but you know what I mean. I think their powers are so similar. Yeah. Um, Sid and Vanya's. But I think Sid might be a witch, and, like, whoever it was that was following her was, like, I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah, no, I'll never know. I mean, if we read the comics, we'll know. I'll probably read, <laughs> I'll probably read the comics. Just to know, yeah. The thing with the symbolism and motifs in this, though, was that, like, I feel like the series spends so much time referencing other work. Mm-hmm. Like the Breakfast Club and Carrie and like, but for it to reference all of this like older media, like what if it doesn't have enough room to like speak for itself? You know, I feel yeah. like there isn't enough originality for people to be like, oh, this was a reference from. I'm not okay with this. Right. Like, it's not. You know, it's from right. something else. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have like a personality of its own. It can't stand alone by itself. That and that obviously comedy. reflects like in the reception of the show because. It didn't do that well. It got canceled after the first season. You know, I think that it just kind of fell short of some heart. Like there wasn't really a lot of heart to the show. And it was kind of disappointing because it had so much potential to. Yeah, it's like someone watched Carrie and was like, oh, I want to make it queer, though. And then. And like lighthearted and like coming of age. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, let's like make it like a little. Like a little queer adaptation, which is fine and yeah. great, but it's like, we can tell that you weren't trying to do much more with it. I'm going to briefly go down at like a conspiracy theory hole because oh. I feel like this, and mind you, this isn't like an actual conspiracy theory. This is just my mind doing what it does. But I feel like it wasn't much of a coincidence that the two, like two of the main stars were like these really like up and coming child stars because they're like coming of age. And like you kind of mentioned earlier, it has almost like this filler show type of feeling to it that Netflix does. Yeah. And it almost feels like it was sort of just like this career moment or like this elaborate like PR thing for like 
some of the younger stars so that they can get more projects or something. But get like cast more or something. Didn't go much else. Like she didn't go to many other roles, did she? Who? The main the girl one. Girl on this, yeah. Dina. I think she's in something else now. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but yeah, it is weird though that like I don't know. Netflix has. Not that this show was great or anything, but there are so many other mediocre shows on Netflix that do not have queer or let alone queer women of color representation. So it always just feels like a stab in the back when there's like even a taste of something that gets to be mediocre and queer. You know, the show is still mostly white. Let's not yeah, forget. yeah. There's only one person of color on the entire the cast. entire show, and we don't even know if Dina is queer. To be completely yeah, transparent, true. Yeah, we don't know for sure. But I just feel like there's so much other mediocre content on Netflix, and they have a really bad history of not promoting shows that have any kind of representation on them. Yeah, yeah, I did hear about this. This is yeah. so true. They they cancel, they don't promote it, and anything that's even, like, remotely, remotely diverse. And this show is not diverse. Right. But it has a fucking queer um, lead, so they don't promote it, and it gets canceled. Now that, I'm mad, I'm not, I'm not mad, like, shows get canceled all the time. But they did it to Sense8 which is like objectively one of the best shows of all time. They did it to Sensei. They canceled it. I, I like um like the the LGBT representation Ouch. the alphabet <laughs> representation in this. I thought it was pretty good. I yeah. thought it was fair. Like I liked how um Sid coming to terms with her sexuality was portrayed like even through her expulsion of like power when she would like really like release like how angry she was inside it was over like more than just her dad sometimes it was over yeah. like how frustrated she was with with like feeling quote-unquote different and everything and like i think it was also symbolic of like how frustrating it is to come to terms with something like that yeah because her like biggest outburst if you want to call it that was the one where she at, right after she kissed dina right and she went to the woods and like screamed at the top of her lungs and like all of the trees went down you know and yeah yeah i think a good display of like the process of that discovery yeah especially because like i think it helps that the the people that are playing the teenagers actually look like teenagers because i feel like a lot of the time even when we do get these like you know, queer coming of age stories, a lot of the time they already look like adults, even if they're playing teenagers. Yeah. And I think it was kind of nice that this was written kind of like a preteen show with kids that look like teenagers. Yeah. Like this would have been a good show if I was fucking 13. You know what I mean? Like I would have loved this show when I was 13. When I watch the show now and they're like very obviously kids acting in this. Mm hmm. It almost makes me feel like I'm healing my inner child like yeah. a little bit. Well, at least when there's redemption for the queer character. You right. know what I mean? But when I'm watching a show that's supposed to be younger people but are actually just like much older cast members, like in Euphoria, mm-hmm. I feel like I just relate to it now and it's like oh, don't it's- think about how it's in high school because I can't because yeah. they look like adults because 
they're going through things that like people nowadays go through. Yeah. For me, like I always growing up, I always saw like a problem with drugs as an adult problem. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really see kids struggle with it growing up. Yeah. So that mixed with the fact that like these people are like overtly showing sex scenes, like makes me think that like mm-hmm. plus that their cast like is all adult makes me feel like oh, this is like made for people my age like they want people my age to be watching this yeah and they want me to relate to these characters because they're my age euphoria to me is so frustrating in the sense that why even call it high school then right you could have easily done the same story in college and i get that it like packs more of a punch because she's 17 but maybe it's worth the trade when you consider how pedophilic hollywood is and how this is like a serious problem sam levinson bro Yeah, it's a serious problem that we have adults playing teenagers and have adults sexualizing teenagers. Look at Beverly Hills 90210. Yes. Oh my God. It's, it's been a thing for way too long and it doesn't help that the people behind the scenes, cough, cough, Drake are literal groomers who have a say in a show that has overt like nudity and sex scenes. It's fucking weird. I think the show also touched on compulsory heteronormativity. That is really hard to say. Compulsory heteronormativity. Yes. I think it touched on that really well, which I think is like kind of an important message to get to teenagers, which is like another reason I like appreciate that it was kind of written for a younger audience. Um, but it really touches on that because we, Sid is kind of open about having a crush on Dina, like from the jump and talking about how that's like the only person she's close to. But then she like quickly befriends Stan. And like, this is the first guy that she's like ever gotten along with. So she's like, Oh, and she's like, maybe I don't have to pretend to like a boy. Like I'm getting along with this guy. And you know, one thing leads to another and they end up having sex. And she's like, man, I'm just not into it. Yeah. So, and it just, I really feel like a lot of queer people have had that experience, whether it led to like actually having sex or not. But I think most of the time, especially if like you don't come out until like adulthood or like, you know, college age or whatever, I feel like everyone sort of has an experience where they're like, oh, maybe I can, like, maybe I am into this. Like, maybe this is just normal. Mm -hmm. And like trying to be straight, like last ditch effort. And it's just, like, not – you just, like, realizing that, like, no, it is different. It is different. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that she had that moment. And it also makes me think if, like, maybe Dina – it makes me think if maybe even Dina is closeted and maybe she's also participating. Or maybe she's bi. And, like, not that you can't – participate in compulsory heteronormativity if you're bi but i mean like what if she also is and it's just more suppressed than it is with um i wonder how queer the comics got yeah because i don't know for sure exactly how it goes with her character yeah i don't know i think that's like a really important important she like queer seem issue to be like that tender with Brad the way that she has been with Sid. Her relationship with Brad is like nothing less than robotic. Like even it's like they have like scheduled makeout times and like s- 
uh, certain makeout spots. And like, even when they do it, it's like, they're really stiff and they're like in a really stereotypical like position where like, she has her arms around his shoulders, like really robotic Mm. shit. And like, uh, it just seemed like it was more of like one of those like status relationships than it was like an actual, like friendly, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They did that. Yeah. And like, he cheated on her and it was just, who knows? I'm kind of bummed he that we like won't that. know. I know. Why? No, sir. I'm glad your head exploded. Fugly white boy. Huh? Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. Oh, boy. What would you say was your favorite, like, line or scene from the show? I did like that, like, super cliche scene of her um, covered in blood and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. walking, and then the police, like, drives by, and she gets freaked out, and then it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of them. I wanted to name something more simple, but I don't think I have one. I remember watching that scene where she's covered in blood, and, like, the cops are coming, and she starts running, and I'm like, ma'am. You're like, why are you running? Yes. Like, why... I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I it. <laughs> it almost came out. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I want to say it so bad. I'm not going to. Oh, my God. I- <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you, like, delayed it makes oh. it worse. I oh, shit. I'm sorry. I was going to, like, not be able to sleep tonight if I didn't say that right now. Um, I know it, it like itched the scratch. Yeah, scratch the itch. <laughs> We're not cutting anything. Oh um, my God. Jesus Christ! What the fuck was I even saying? Nothing. Let's rate it and go to bed. Oh, uh, anyway, I didn't say my favorite thing. My favorite scene, or like favorite like sweet moment, was actually like in the last episode where she like apologizes to her mom. And she's like, I've been a dick. Her mom's like brushing her hair, getting ready for the dance. Oh, and I love that. Like right after that, we had the cliche scene of like Sid walking down the stairs, like the slow-mo walk down the Mm -hmm. stairs with like the reveal. And like Dean is like, wow, you look so pretty. Like I love when people take like standard, like cishet tropes and like just make it gay. Like it's no big deal. I love that shit. It's nice. Yeah. It's overdone, but I like it. I fucking love it. I don't overdone. care. It's never going to be overdone. Until we have as many movies as cishets do, mm. it's never going to be overdone. And you can fight me on that. It's fun. It's great. It's a good time. It's a joy. Yeah. It should be everywhere. Yes, I agree. That's a yeah. good one. All right. Um, scale of one to ten, how many? How? I give it six. And a half or seven. Yeah, I'd give it, I, I'd say it's a good six. I'd say I'm it's a solid it six. six. The queer representation's really good. Just, you know, writing could be a little, little better. And we don't get a see. Yeah, the writing could be a little better. But it was a fun time. Go watch it. It was fun. It's very bingeable. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You could literally watch it in a day. Um, we will be back. Sorry for, you know, the different, like, schedule the past, like, month or so. We've... S- We've moved, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But it's been um, a chaotic couple 
weeks, but we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming. So we will be back with a by the way episode and then our next um, film slash TV analysis episode will be on the film God's Own Country, which I think is a um, MLM multi-level marketing Austrian film. Very excited to watch it. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Bicons podcast. Music by DaVinci underscore Beats. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. It helps us a lot. To keep up with new episodes, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bicons Podcast and Twitter at Bicons Pod. See you next time.